Um, <laughs> have you seen? Of course, you see uh, the terrorist who is Chet Hanks. <laughs> White boy summer. Man. Oh, God. I don't know who that nigga thinks he is. Clearly not Tom Hanks' son, which is weird. It's very weird. I don't even relate the two. And the fact that he spells Hanks like a fuckboy is just really... How does he spell Hanks? H-A-N-X. Ugh. You haven't as much as you've been seeing Chad Hanks everywhere. You haven't seen how he spelled his name. No, because what I what I see is just like that's Tom Hanks' son. That's Woody the Cowboy's child. C H E T H A N X. Now, didn't we learn last week that niggas that spit where they replaced the X with an X? Fuck boy, prime fuck boy, terrible man. That nigga. I mean, he did give the white boys some good advice about the fashions, at least. But <laughs> what do we look like? Picnic. <laughs> That's what Thomas said when he called in. He was like, "Geez, what you wear that first date? Wearing plaid, looking like <laughs> going on a picnic." <laughs> when he said that vineyard vine shit, I was like, "Ooh, he hit somebody right real deep." Not can wear these Sperry top sliders. <laughs> um, I knew he. I'm oh, sorry. What what is he? What is he? What does he think? What does he think? He got a half black daughter, and he's just been riding that way. Oh, he got kids. Yeah, he got a daughter. I didn't know that. Like, I don't think he was married to his baby mom. She's black though. Obviously. Hey, every summer is Black Girl Summer to, <laughs> to Chet Hanks <laughs> and Dion. Why is she so? Her and Halle Berry are so good <laughs> at Twitter, and it's just like, damn. They, I think it's because they really don't be trying. Like it's just right. them being fucking natural divas. Like right. <laughs> They ain't trying to impress nobody. They're just doing shit that they've always done. I can't wait to be a natural diva. Like that shit is effortless. Dion Warwick wake up every day, man. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> what is white boy summer? <laughs> and I read all her tweets in her voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, child. Yeah. Um, but what the? What, what does he own? You know, it, and I did see black girls hyping him up. I ain't even gonna lie. I saw mad black girls hyping him up. I mean, naturally, he is definitely the type of white dude that would appeal to black girls. Yeah. I mean, and he knows that because he tries. Yeah. <laughs> that That is his hey, goal. You don't get, white boys don't get like a, a taper and a lineup unless they try to get black girls. Period. That's it. Period. Because that's the only reason niggas get that shit. <laughs> He got one, and so now that he cracked the code... He want all of them. I don't blame him. It's Black Girl Summer every day for me. Every every summer for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chet, if it's going to be a white boy summer, that means, that means you need to have a Black Queen Summer. It's Black Queen Summer for me every day, baby. <laughs> I just... That nigga was... Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Um... It's just, it's giving like fetish vibes. Yeah, like I'm single and I'm I'm looking to score 
black women. I'm just trying to date as many black women as possible this summer. Yeah. So instead of, but instead though, of calling it black girl summer or black woman summer or whatever else you want to go white boy summer, you want to praise yourself. You going after black women, but in doing so you going to put yourself on a pedestal. I want a pat on the back. <laughs> it's wild. <sighs> and they released some stuff about like one of his ex-girlfriends he got into it with. And he called her like a black ghetto or something, whatever. I was like, that train's never late. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. I don't know, you don't even know why I'm over here booking my eyes and shit. Like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> a dead giveaway. It be it, it be in him. It, he also the one that used to be a rapper and used to say nigga. Oh, is he? See, I don't know nothing about him. So I think what I didn't learn about Chet until he was like speaking patois and everybody was having a fucking conniption and I was like, who is he? This is when his daughter was younger, but Oh she's adorable. Damn. Oh, she, she do look like her granddaddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom Hanks kind of low key be having vibes where it's like, man, it, it's something going on. Mm. What you mean? He got it ain't black, but he got some kind of ethnic in him. Yeah, he got a little, he got some color under that skin. Let's see what it is. <laughs> he got some color. I know he's mixed with something. Some kind of maybe he's an octoroon. <laughs> good, good afternoon, my afternoon, octoroon. <laughs> His mother is of Portuguese descent. Hmm. I don't do it now. What exactly does that mean, though? Because you could be. I mean, that's a wide range of. Some Portuguese are of uh, Moorish. Uh, descent. Mm-hmm. That's what niggas always love to remind us of, right? Like, well, you know, the Moors, <laughs> the mulattoes. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But yeah, it's always a mystery with Tom Hanks. Well, I think Chet Hanks is because of they mama. She's. You see that video where she was rapping uh, hip hop hooray? Yeah. That wasn't that a quarantine video. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> his mama is Greek, I think. Mm. So, he looked like his mama, though. Yeah, he looked just like his mama. They got the same uh, coloring, obviously. All right. This is wild. Her father, Hassan Halival Ibrahim, was a Bulgarian Muslim born in Oreo, Greece. What? Damn. So they were, they're Slavic. Hmm. That might also explain. They don't explain shit. No, I, no I'm talking about skin wise, her. I'm talking about his mom. His oh. mom has it. Like, I just knew she was Greek, but I didn't know. Let me see. I mean, I just look at her and see white woman. I don't, I ain't, I ain't never looked at her and thought, yeah, nah, I never would have. Pulled anything else from her? 
But uh Yeah. <laughs> that nigga uh is out here wilding. Let me stop calling him. I'm gonna stop calling white dudes niggas. <laughs> nah, I'm still doing it. <laughs> nah, bro, they be high, they be loving that shit a little bit too much. Mm-mm. Like it's a it's a rite of passage. <laughs> um, niggas is wilding everywhere. <laughs> I will say that I am not gonna talk about it, but uh, that Quavo and Sweetie thing. Ooh. I ain't gonna say shit on that though. I ain't saying what I think happened, what I saw, none of that. Why not? Can't win. <laughs> All I would say is wrong to put your hands on your partner in any kind of way. Period. I agree. We're gonna leave it at that. Because I have seen tons of niggas revealing themselves to be completely trash. Oh, y'all think that's bad? Ooh, ooh, ooh baby, what you doing? <laughs> I mean, women too. So y'all ain't never been slug? Ooh. So y'all parenting? Ooh. I mean, yeah, straight up. And it's just like, bruh, what I don't get about shit like that is why would you put your trash opinion out here? For one of the many women you know who has been abused in some kind of way to be like, this nigga's trash as fuck. Um, I still don't know what to say because we still don't know enough. That's why we shouldn't talk about it. Yeah, we still don't know enough to be able to say anything. And that's the safest bet. I, niggas be trying to die on this ain't about to die on yeah. you can't win yeah it's yeah it's a hard one and then everybody wanted to bring up Solange and Jay-Z and Tony Baker did I saw earlier and even that oh, that wasn't right it wasn't it wasn't and people made jokes about it, it Jay-Z handled that very well very well that it shouldn't be that you handle it that way because nobody should be throwing hands on you true but jay-z is a smart enough man to know i'm not gonna get down like this if there's a way to handle it he he caught her foot that one time that was the way that's a that is a man who has been beaten by a woman (laughs) (laughs) and also it is don't take it for granted that this nigga was like 48 at the time true that's like 30 years of being a fuck boy and women beating you and you just like ah (laughs) it ain't gonna last forever (laughs) this elevator gotta open eventually (laughs) yeah ooh and that's a thing too like why y'all be getting into it on the elevator cause people think that people can't see it all elevators have cameras yes but people are stupid (laughs) well I'm not even gonna say stupid because when you angry you don't be thinking about none of that shit. So, I'm always pretty aware of where cameras are. Good for you. But anger in the moment, like I can see, not keeping a train of thought on who or what might be watching. That's why I don't like to get that angry. Yeah, I don't like to get that angry for one because I will do something 
terrible. Mm-hmm. I I know how to control my anger issues enough to where just don't say anything. Just walk away. Go listen to some uh, heavy metal. <laughs> Scream it out, <laughs> right? But it's fucking bitch. <laughs> Ooh, and then you know just go about your life that's how you gotta handle it um yeah I'm learning that my anger is getting worse in my old age more more so road rage I be cussing these niggas all the way what the fuck are you doing I am just like my dad and that is scary because my dad is the get out the car in the middle of the oh, street no, type of nigga. No. Your daddy tripping. <laughs> Your daddy tripping. He niggas got guns about out that life. Niggas got guns out here. And he used to have guns. He still be operating like a nigga with guns, but he is not a nigga with guns. <laughs> That's how you know your dad real dangerous. The fact that he ain't got guns no more. That's just, like, ready, <laughs> just ready to take what comes. Hold up, nigga. <laughs> My mama be in the car like, Lord Jesus. She be so pissed. Everybody just in the car mad. But um, My dad is just worried. I was like, what? <laughs> Animated. That's like that's, So that's how I am. Like, I'll get angry every now and then. But it's mostly just like, what the fuck are you doing? I think what triggers me is somebody honking their horn at me. Because I'll honk straight the fuck back and then let my window down. And stick my neck out. And yell. Because <laughs> what the fuck is you honking at me for? It's not that deep. You want to make it that deep? Bitch, we finna make it that deep. Maybe you don't need a pew pew. <laughs> right. I definitely don't. Um, it's just like, Wendy don't need a pew pew. <laughs> For sure. She probably can murder somebody with her damn hands. I told her that you asked about her. She's like, it makes me feel uh, missed when people ask me. I'll be like, I don't Yeah, because she... you're kind of out here being a hermit. Right. You used to be in these streets. Everybody had Wendy stories. Right. Like, I saw Wendy out. <laughs> Literally was going through memories on Snapchat today and ran into her birthday party memories. Well, we got fucked up. <laughs> we got super fucked up. <laughs> um, but now back to Sweetie and Quavo or just um domestic violence. Not a fan. No. Don't agree. It shouldn't come from either party. And I, I would like to make an apology on the last episode because I left it in when I laughed about Ike and Tina Turner. I wasn't laughing about the domestic violence. I was laughing at the absurdity of a man going on TV and justifying oh, why yeah. you would beat a woman. His his craziness. Right. Like He was just like, I mean, yeah, yeah I did. Like, it's really unbelievable to watch somebody with whatever disorder he had. It had to be bipolar schizophrenia or something. I don't like to self-diagnose people because it might just be the trauma of being a, a fucked up black man in the 50s. That too. That shit, I'm sure had to drive niggas crazy. But didn't, uh, we'll get into that here in a second. I guess, I mean, we can kind of just go on and segue into it since 
Yeah. We're already here, but we're here now. Uh, so the Tina Turner documentary you watched, you watched most of it. No, I watched. I went back and watched it. Like I went to sleep late the next day. And then I saw you had watched it. I was like, "Fuck, where did I leave off?" And then I remembered exactly. I meant to tell you what Mark, but but. So does HBO Max not have a rewind? Like you got to rewind that shit like a VCR style. Because I when I just was looking for like a restart or start from the beginning option, there was not that option. I feel like you can restart from the beginning, but I'm not. I can't. You don't know how. We got to figure that out because I literally just sat there and held the rewind. I did too. Which luckily, I, that's why I didn't have to go back far because I was like, all right, I know for sure I watched most of it. Yeah. But yeah, I finished it up the next day. Um, But yeah, man, first of all, I just want to say that was a very like gripping documentary, like very. I love the detail. I like that they, they didn't. They didn't leave a whole lot out. Um, I like that it wasn't just a little hour documentary. Like I like that it was very fleshed out of her entire life up until like present day. I'm also a fan of non-linear documentaries. Mm-hmm. I like jumping back and explaining, yeah, 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 exploring yeah. different details. Of people. Yeah, I like how they weaved it in and out of just like her performance life. Like that was really cool. Because obviously watching Tina Turner perform is just lit in itself. But just the the natural energy. And but the dichotomy of watching her though be in the midst of these like very low points, but then like performing at a very high energy level was also I feel like that was um what's the word? Evocative or provoking emotionally using words yeah 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 yeah. we going there uh provoking emotionally just to be like damn like this woman is really fucking like hurting and suffering and literally doing it in silence but also at the same time she's laying it all out on this stage every single yeah time i think at one point they described it as almost primal yeah which yeah, you can go two ways when you describe a, a black woman as being primal, but it's almost like seeing somebody catch the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So, like, I feel like it's within the black tradition of sweating it out on Sunday. Is ever mm-hmm. she was doing this every, every night? Yeah, multiple times a night, and looking bad. Yeah. Tina is a bad bitch. Like, like country five. Straight up. Like, <laughs> she's a maid. Like, I already love Tina Turner. But after watching that, I'm just like, damn. Like, she literally was living in hell. But gave us so much greatness. And, and I can't even explain it. Like, her personality in general is just electrifying like she she just naturally has it like she she was born with it (laughs) she's a rock star in the truest sense that is that is it that's the word and that's why rock like if you like when you watch anytime that she performed with like the stones or mick jagger 
And you see the way Mick Jagger looks at Tina Turner. Mm. That's a goddess amongst gods. Yeah. And she can hold her own with all of these niggas. Uh, And this black woman from Tennessee became the biggest rock star, woman rock star probably ever. She used to sweat bullets. Hey. In them wigs, too. Like, Jesus. Legs on a million. Like, I cannot even (laughs) imagine. Can you imagine being at a Tina Turner concert? What if she had, like, a Fitbit? Like, in her heyday. (laughs) Like, how many steps do you think Tina Turner was She's burning (laughs) 20,000 calories a show. Like, like, in her, like, she still looked good, but, like, when she was in her, I guess, prime, the 30, 40 years she was in her prime. <laughs> I was going to say, what, from age 23 to 65? <laughs> like, she was built, like. Yeah. Four tough. <laughs> yeah. <hey>. Country tough. <laughs> Strong legs, obviously. But that's why it was perfect for Angela Bassett to play her. Yeah. It's way too easy. Physique-wise, pfft. A grade A casting straight up um but it's also amazing like not to dwell too much on it I turn here this rock and roll god like I'm glad they didn't like overly praise him but when yeah. they were pretty much like, I mean, he literally created he the first created. rock song. Yeah. Rocket 88. And you're like, so you see that Tina like transcends uh, the entirety of rock and roll. Like her DNA is in rock and roll mm-hmm. from every point. Like they didn't create Proud Mary. But they stole the fuck out of it and made it their own. To where when you hear Proud Mary by anybody else, like, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, the same. Play Ike and Tina. Right, play the OG. Cause like when they started playing it, you just start singing, left a good job <laughs> in the city, <laughs> working for the man every night and day. Doing that little sway. Rolling, <laughs> rolling, rolling down the river. Also, I'm glad they also showed where uh, other people could see her talent and they were just like, if we could just get Ike out of the fucking way for mm-hmm. long enough. Mm-hmm. Which in a weird twist, the fact that Phil Spector was the first one to really try to do that and Phil Spector went on to, you know, murder somebody. Oh, wow. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Phil Spector, the you know, the, the white dude that took her to England or whatever. Right. And did what's the name of the song? What's the name of the song? And we're rolling, rolling, yeah, rolling on the river. But yeah, he was convicted of murder, well, of killing a woman. So the fact that she was even away from Mike, she was around some psycho ass fucking dudes. Of course. Um, but yeah, Phil Spector is a legend. Also, he. He produced the Beatles' last album, "Let It Be." Mm, okay, so like he did a lot. Like he's a, a OG. 
I saw his name and honestly, I just immediately thought of Regina Spector, but I know that they probably have nothing to do with each other. He also, he produced uh, The Righteous Brothers. You lost that loving feeling. I don't know that one. You, you know it. It's from, uh, what's the name of it? It's been a lot of movies. You lost that loving feeling. Oh, that love and feeling. But anyway, Phil Spector is maybe the, they casually just mentioned like just rock gods throughout all of this. So it's just interesting. Um, I did see where somebody had made the point to where they were like, it's just amazing that people gave her this shot even back in the day. And it's like, they didn't. She kind of had to make this shit work. Yeah. She avoided being pigeonholed as an R&B soul artist. She's a rock and roll artist. Straight up, yeah. Like, she, you can't put her in any other category. Right. Her concerts are full of rock audiences. And, I mean, even just the way she had her band set up. Like, yeah, it was traditional just rock and roll. Yeah. And then the idea that, like... uh the Private Dancer album was so huge. Um, it's also weird when you watch documentaries that happen right before you were born, where mm-hmm. they talk about things that even, like, you know, growing up, we knew who Tina Turner was. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, almost one of those things where our parents just, like, it's Tina Turner. like, what right. But we didn't see, like, the prom when it's like, yo, this is Tina Turner. We didn't, we didn't see Tina when she was Tina. Right. It's just almost the same with like Mike. We didn't see Michael Jackson when it was like thriller out. Yeah. And that's the level of superstar she was. Mm -hmm. So it's just always weird when you see that. It's also because of her being a rock idol. It's almost weird that the thing about MTV is when music videos got popular, the old rock stars of the 60s and 70s had like an extended life. Yeah. Because they had the money to make good movie, I mean, good music videos, and they had the name to where parents and younger people were like, oh, that's Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's David Bowie. That's Mick Jagger. That's the Rolling Stones. And Tina Turner got that same treatment. So they knew her from Ike and Tina. Yeah. But then she became just Tina Turner, bad bitch. <laughs> do you do you think it was smart for her to remain Tina even though she was trying to get away from Ike? Yeah, I think it was. Um she reclaimed it. It's just like other things. When you reclaim something that may have caused you pain, that's the most powerful thing you can really do mm-hmm. in most areas of life. So especially in business when you're trying, like by taking a name, that's what she was known for. So it's, it makes it's smart. Sense. Yeah. Business wise. Right. You ain't got to like the nigga. Just use his clout. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that was, I feel like that was also just her being in survival mode too. Like yeah. she had to figure out how she was going. She was like, I need, I got a dollar to dream. That's all that matters. <laughs> I got these legs, this voice, and I'm going to ride this to the wheels fall off. 
God bless her. She made it. I also thought it was weird how they didn't talk about her parents until the end. And about like almost how her mom resented her. I thought it was weird how they didn't go in a little bit deeper about how she had a kid by the saxophonist. Yeah, they just glossed over <laughs> So you mean Ike Turner let you get right, pregnant like, by happened? the sax player? What, what happened there? Yeah. I hope it was consensual and safe. That's the first thing I thought. But the, also like... Wait a minute. Yeah, I was just like... That's the only thing about sometimes when a doctor <laughs> like hold up the, the one she had player. by Ike looked just like Ike spitting image, uh, scary. <laughs> um, it's yeah, I thought that was weird too. But that's the only bad thing about like when you have a documentary that is produced exclusively by the person telling the story. Like if you ask certain questions, like you you don't need to right. know all that. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. <laughs> like at the end of the day, Tina Turner is a bad bitch, but she is still an eighty-something-year-old black woman. Like, hold up, you ain't gonna just ask these questions. But ma'am, you got pregnant by the sex play. Like, hold up, like what? It ain't none of your business. What I was doing, I was out here minding my business. How about you mind your business? Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. And then he died. Yeah, that Sheesh. was it's. It's a lot of pain. Her life. Like, I, ooh. That's why I thought it was weird. Like, not weird, but I thought it was sad when she was like, the good doesn't outweigh the bad in my life. Yeah. And I'm like. And she's not exaggerating. Like, I know there's people, you know, which is now called what toxic positivity. There's people that's always like, well, the good will always outweigh the bad. And you always just be positive and look on the bright side and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, in her situation, there was not a bright side like from jump. Her yeah. mama didn't love her. Her daddy left. Her daddy left. She just fell into this toxic ass, abusive ass relationship. Yeah. She said that she had never experienced genuine love until she met her current husband. And she met him at 50. 50. A whole life. Of no love, of enduring pain, and and abuse. <sighs> when when she said the hanger part, yeah. Oh and my God! We're gonna avoid certain things for trigger pr- pr- uh, purposes, but yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was intense. Like I was jaw open. Same, and I was I had to run it back. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, did she just say what the fuck I thought she said? Yeah. That was a sick motherfucker. Yeah. That's what that that at that point is when I was like, no. It's mental. But we gotta quit scapegoating ments like any mental disorder with just being a sadistic bastard. True. I think he was just a sadistic bastard. He may have had some underlying conditions, but he was just a sick puppy, as Molly put <laughs> like, That shit was... Um, one thing I did kind of want to talk about also involving like the Ike thing is I think part of the reason that people have made jokes, I mean, outside of like, you know, misogyny and racism and stuff like that, about 
Tina and Ike is what's love got to do with it is unintentionally funny. Lawrence Fishburne is almost comedic in it. Yeah, you got you definitely got the one liners. Yeah, like it's just like people like eat the cake anyway and all this other stuff. Or even the meme of like him just looking mad when people be like, yeah. somebody make me mad. That's messed up. Yeah. And I know they weren't intending it to be funny. It's just some of it came out looking just weird. And I wonder how much of that played into the jokes, which had to have been painful. Mm-hmm. Because she said she was trying to make it as the definitive thing where I never have to talk about it again. That's the other messed up thing. For the next 30 years, the jokes about the worst time of your life. Yeah, when she said that she was told or the only way that she was told to... I guess rid herself of just being the attachment to Ike and, and you know, all the questions that were going to come was to write the book. I was in my head like, that's not going to do it because books live forever. And they're sensationalized. You, you, once you got a New York Times bestseller, that's going to live forever. And then she did the little book tour or book signing events too. I was like, man, no, this no. ain't it. So then after that, of course, there had to be interviews about the book and everything. that, And I'm just like, man, you're never going to escape this. Another thing I didn't realize was Kurt Loder is the one that wrote the book. Like this. I have long been like, man, if I ever become famous and I die, I want Kurt Loder. To <laughs> it's Kurt Loder, MTV News. Dennis uh, Juice Woods, <laughs> the prolific podcaster. That nigga announced every significant death of my childhood. Tupac Shakur, the rising rap star, was killed today. <laughs> Kurt Cobain. Yeah. The notorious B.I.G. Yeah. Lane Staley. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, back to um, Tina. Back to her childhood, though. I don't I don't necessarily think that it was weird that that was included in the end. No, I didn't think it was weird. It it summed up the like the why. It, it further cemented be like she never had a shot. Yeah. And then like when her mom was talking to be like it was such a detachment. Mhm. Where it wasn't like this is not to say she I don't think she didn't love her like her mom didn't love her. Even though you can make the case her mom didn't love her. Uh, didn't really look like... It It looked like she was just bragging about her accomplishments. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what she was doing. And, and it also just looked like... I want to say it was that very last question they asked her was uh, like... Has she handled her, you know, situations well, or yeah. how has she handled yeah. her situ her, you know, adverse situations or whatever? She was like, she was able to climb out of every situation. It just felt like not a rehearsed answer, but, but a, a forced answer. Like I'm just gonna say something very general, 
This people will take as positive. And overarching without going into too much detail, because I don't know any detail, honestly. It's just like, yeah. did you ever speak to your daughter about any of the shit that she went through nope. while she was going through it? People back then didn't talk about stuff like that, too. No. Black people didn't talk about stuff. Especially like the parents. Or to white interviewers. Definitely not that. So I was just like, man, this is still sad. Like, it's still her mom at this big age of whatever she is. And it's also wild to watch uh, at the same time your mom saying that. And then it ends with you singing Simply the Best and all these adoring fans are like worshiping you. Yeah. It's just. It, It means nothing when you don't have that love from your your blood like you can have all of that and still feel worthless and that's basically what she was saying she was just like here I am you know this beautiful woman why can't anybody see the beauty in me enough to love me right and it's just like you got all these fans but when you don't get it from the people closest to you especially your mom or your when that's husband. all you had, really. Or your husband. Especially your husband. And even like with her kids, the fact that they were touring all the time, they kind of talked about it where when she would be home, she would be strict. But her kids were more or less being raised by nannies or other people. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it was got to be, I mean, it's, it's still her kids. Trickle but, down effect. But it's got to be like a detachment to it, I would think. Yeah. But no. I mean, for sure. She didn't really get that maternal softness. And then plus the other part of it is her kids saw her being humiliated, abused, tormented, and everything. It's it's a hard life. I cannot even imagine. Nah. I cannot even imagine. And she's a survivor. My nephew pushed my mama too hard the other day, just playfully, and I was getting ready to. <laughs> I was yeah, like, hold up now. <laughs> I just can't imagine like being little, seeing either one of your parents in distress, but especially your mama. Superwoman? That's just different. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm lucky some of the stuff I didn't have to experience. That my parents had the experience when they were kids and stuff. Yeah. And you're just like, damn. I can't imagine. It's little things also that you realize as you get older. Like, the reason my mom never drank is because the stuff that happened in her house Mm -hmm. when people drank. So, she was like, I will never. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why well, the fact that all of it, all her children played with it, and I still look like I might got some of that in me. Yeah, it's scary. It's just I don't know. I don't know if my mom has a specific reason for not drinking, but you either go two ways: either you become it, or you don't touch it at all. Like I watched this thing on. Eddie Murphy, where he's talking about, I, I ne- I've never drank. And I always knew he never drank, but, you know, like, women were his vice. 
and I, I never knew this until like a couple weeks ago when I was watching. He was like, it's because like all the acts in his uh, stuff where he talked about his dad being drunk, he was like, that was real. real. And it was way worse. I just made fun of it. He said, by the time he did Raw and he did the last part, his dad was like, I, I'll quit drinking. His dad quit drinking because he realized how bad it was. He that was he able could, to see it from another. He said that they they would watch it and his mom would be dying laughing. Because it was real. He, he did the voice. He did everything. And it embarrasses dad that much that he's like, I'm going to quit drinking. That's crazy. But shit. Yeah, I mean, ooh, thinking about the traumas that your parents experienced growing up and why they stray away from certain things or, you know, tell you to avoid certain things. Um, I always think about that when my mom warns me of certain things, like what not to wear around the house and stuff. I'm always just like, You know, I thought I was supposed to be comfortable in my own house. But as I got older, I'm just like, what actually made, what prompts her? It's to warn me about, you know, what not to wear around my own family. Yeah. It's certain darkness that I don't even want to know, to be honest. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Because it's been like, like, my mama said stuff. Or my dad has said stuff. And it's just like, damn, what the fuck happened to that one every kid? And like, that's fuck no wonder they were so fucking protective of us. Yeah. Like, it makes sense. Like when you get older, you're like, man. Like when you're young, you're like, man, these niggas tripping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you get older and you like, hmm. there was some trauma there. Yeah. Um. Well, on a lighter note, the devil. <laughs> Basically. All right. Before we talk about it, I gotta let you know that where I'm going ahead with this. Eventually, we're gonna start talking about Satanism. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> and it's gonna be certain stuff you gonna be able to relate to, and yeah. Okay. Noted troll, Little Nas X, <laughs> released his latest single, uh, Montero, which is also named after him, <laughs> and it's a. It's a very adult song, and he describes being in a relationship with a man who does, you know, cocaine and other things. But it's almost like he talks about it as being his first true love. Cocaine? No. The devil? No. (laughs) I'm leaving that in because it's hilarious. (laughs) No. Uh, About falling in love with a man. Who has all these vices? Mm. But uh, have you listened to the song or watched the video? You are gonna keep that out your spirit? Uh, not even that. I'm 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 just gonna be all the way real. I just don't feel like Lil Nas X's music is for me. 
I could see that. It doesn't excite me. He's a cool dude. He's funny to follow on Twitter. He's hilarious to follow on Twitter. But um, he's got it figured out. I don't think his music appeals to me. Like Crystal said, like this young nigga shit, it just not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I watched the video once and I listened to the song. He had been been teasing the song for a while. And people were like, when are you dropping this? Because even when he did that video where he called out uh, Takashi for getting in his DMs, mm-hmm. that's the song that's playing in the background. Oh. Like he's been teasing it for months. But uh, yeah, so he released the song. And you know, he also released a, a note saying uh, he wrote a letter to his 14 year old self. Oh, wow. And he was saying, you know, I never. I always promised that I would never tell anybody I was gay, but I met somebody last year and I wrote this song about them and just know that life would get better and all this stuff. I was like, that's some sweet shit. So that's the song that he wrote about them? Yeah. That's why he named it after himself. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But, so in the video... (laughs) He uh, wears a, a red wig mm-hmm. and a, a long thali uh, boots and uh, does a pole routine that goes down to hell itself and he gives the devil a lap dance. <laughs> and the internet's went crazy. Insane. And, you know, of course, first... On deck were the homophobes. Obviously. What about the kids? Too easy. <laughs> well, what happened to Old Town Road? All oh, my kids loved you. I'll never let them listen to your music again. <laughs> Sir, you're a homophobe. No, no, no. I just don't think the kids need to see this. First of all, how are you seen it? Pretty sure the parents be seeing it before the kids while they be talking about kids listening. Right. Man, fuck the kids. <laughs> fuck them kids. Fuck them kids. Fuck the kids. <laughs> fuck them. Fuck the kids. <laughs> the kids. <laughs> like, people always say, what about the kids when it's some shit they don't want to accept? Mm. Kids don't give a fuck. Okay. Kids really have a pretty good grasp on things until their parents fuck their lives up. They pretty much understand that some some little boys like little boys. They kind of got that on on grass. Yeah, especially once they get to six, seven, eight. When you watch a video, like music videos, when you ain't just watching Roblox Roblox <laughs> on YouTube. But uh, so you know, all the people fuck. Like, what about the kids? And then all the the Bible thumpers who don't read the Bible. <laughs> Oh, he's just going to the devil. And you know, Satan was the leader of uh, music when he we, was in. We're going to call them the Bible dry humpers <laughs> since they don't actually read it. Right. The uh, Bible spark notes <laughs> 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 or the Bible hearsayers. I heard that was in the Bible. Ain't in the Bible. Well, you know, <laughs> that's what I learned. <laughs> um, so they were talking about like all of 
oh, he's a devil worshiper and all of this stuff. And that's when the greatest troll that Twitter has ever seen put out that video on TikTok and he was like, people always condemned us to go to hell and I actually do it and y'all get mad. <laughs> he is he is really hilarious. <laughs> then, then he said some shit like, maybe I should have kept my titties or something. What did he say? Yeah. <laughs> he said a lot. It's been funny. Because like, each day it just gets funnier. Every funnier. day I see something, and I'm like, damn, this nigga is the best. I know. I'll be like, I like this kid. Like, he needs to show Cardi B the way. Because she been in her feels too much about what people have had to say about her. But it's because he was an internet troll before he became famous. He understands how Twitter works better than anybody else. This is true. And that shit is hilarious. But it also, I mean, he also talked about how he sent, he showed a DM from his dad where he was like, you're very creative. And I got through it. <laughs> the video. His dad's a minister. Oh, wow. So. Didn't know that. So if you think about it like this, he grew up in a church his whole life where people were condemning gay people to hell. And hearing that, and that's why the letter when he was like, I promised that I would never tell anybody. The idea that you, when you reach consciousness, you're just like, I will never tell anybody because I'm going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. That's That's got to be a weird feeling. And you got to have a, a different relationship with that type of religion as you grow up. Like, you can't just dismiss that and too often I think people try to dismiss it as well you don't have to choose to be gay like what the fuck does that mean yeah or yeah they be hinting at you don't you know life is all about choices and these are the consequences of your choices you don't have to act on the sin like you can tell that to the pastor who been trying to fuck everybody in the (laughs) fucking church Woo. That nigga acting on all the sin. Like, it's just like I saw that video where Donnie McClurkin was talking about how he's going to be single for the rest of his life because he couldn't just be with a woman and be fully happy. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's having to hide who you are or not feeling like it's okay to be who you are. That's some fucked up shit. For the sake of Christianity. The most fickle of Christians. <laughs> so all these people are judging little Nas X for all these different reasons and making it up about all this shit like the kids or he's a Satanist and all this stuff. And then this nigga decides to double down and makes a, a shoe with, I believe it's Mischief. But they uh, pretty much redo a Nike. So it's like, who is Mischief? A lot, it's been a thing to where a lot of people have been reconstructing shoes. I was going to say, are they like one of those Supreme type brands? Like, Like they make their own version of like a Jordan. It's not an official Jordan or nothing, but it's based, it's a deconstructed Jordan and they sell it for thousand dollars or whatever. Mm -mm. That's been the trend for the last uh, couple years. Yeah, I've noticed. 
Um, but a lot of people didn't notice that. So, so people, they thought it was a Nike collab. So they saw that Nike, it was a Nike shoe that had actual human blood in it, and it had a, a pentagram on the front mm-hmm. and had a, a Bible verse referring to hell. And they were like, the Satanists are amongst us. And they freaked out. And all these people got mad about a fictitious being. Because, I mean. Did you see that they sued? Oh, yeah. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Because people were talking about protesting Nike. And Nike's like, uh oh. They had to see that that was coming, too. Yeah. Mischief. I'm also wondering a broad scheme how what's this gonna do for all these other brands that have been doing this? Yeah, because yeah, this might change the game. Um, but <laughs> so Little Nas X also continued on his uh, his uh, wide ranging week. And I was like, damn, I'm just going to put these out and put uh, uh, Air Max with Chick-fil-A on front <laughs> and John 316 on the back. I was like, this nigga is hilarious. <laughs> Why is he this way? But uh, yeah, so he freaked out all the Satanists. I mean, all the people that believe that the devil is real because I, I try not to talk about my religious views on here. I don't believe the devil is real. But anyway, uh we're just going to fast forward through that. Pass on. <laughs> um, so it made me start thinking, all these Republicans are trying to do this culture war shit now again. And it's the same shit that happened when we were kids. The same as with this uh, QAnon shit. The idea that it's a secret cabal of devil worshippers that sacrifice kids. I'm that's still, playing into all this shit. Just so lost on QAnon. So are they. And what the <laughs> fuck? QAnon even what is that? It's this belief that there's this high it's high official within it was within the Trump administration that was gonna reveal the child molesters and devil worshippers throughout the US government. <sighs> So it's playing right into their hand and all of these uh, like Trevor Lawrence's bitch ass who didn't say nothing about all this racism that was going on last summer. Be like, this has gone too far. Oh, really? Somebody started talking about the devil. You think it's gone too far. Mm. But as somebody that was raised in a very religious household, it reminded me of the early 90s and what is called the satanic panic. <laughs> That's a real term, real mm. thing. But basically, in the 80s, there was this idea that there was this Satanists were everywhere. They were in music. They were in child daycare centers. They were kidnapping kids and eating their bones. I'm not making any of this shit up. Um, and that it was all these pagan symbols around that showed that people were worshippers of the devil. Procter and Gamble supposedly donated money to the devil. I mean, to the Church of Satan. McDonald's supposedly donated money to the Church of Satan. Uh, I couldn't watch Power Rangers, Smurfs, uh, Ninja Turtles. We had to turn off McDonald's commercials when it had Ronald McDonald using magic. Oh, wow. 
no psychic commercials, which you, if you grew up in the 90s like us, psychic it's commercials Cleo. were... That's why my mom still didn't fuck with Dion Warwick because she was out here with these psychics. <laughs> like, nah, fuck that. Like, I remember that day where she tweeted, I'm going to watch this show called Lucifer. And I was thinking, if my mom could just see this tweet without context, she'd be like, of course Dion Warwick's going to watch a show about Lucifer. <laughs> She's still hot. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so yeah. All of this satanic panic stuff. But the thing about it is the church of Satan don't actually believe Satan exists. So what do they believe? They're trolls. They know Christians get mad about that shit. So they like, they just troll them. So are they just, they're uh, atheists. Okay. They're radical atheists. They don't believe like Satan is a real person. They just do that to troll people. I don't know nothing about none of this corner of the world. When you grow up scared of stuff, when you get old enough, you realize, oh, I can research stuff. Yeah. You like kind of get fascinated with it. So yeah, Church of Satan is an actual devil worshippers. They're just trolls. Who started this church? Anton LaVey in the 60s. But he was a little bit more on the spooky side like that episode where we talked about Sammy Davis Jr mm-hmm. like that's that shit but like these niggas now Church of Satan they just be trolling Christians like I can't remember where it was it was somewhere they had this thing to where they were uh, some small little town was trying to pass a, a bill to build a 10 commandment in front of their courthouse and so Church of Satan being the trolls they were were like only if you build a statue of the Baphomet oh, and the Lord. Baphomet is the the goat with the pentagram and, yeah. and so of course the Christians like oh my god the devil worshippers are out and they're just like no we just want the same thing that y'all do knowing that it's not what is the point because it gets under Christian skins I know getting people in a tizzy because it's, they don't they don't know shit. They just hear. I, mean, I, I get that. I mean, they just hear all this bullshit, and they're just like, "Yeah, fuck them." <laughs> so like, they have like uh, uh, kid Satan groups. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. It's it's not real. They don't I believe. know, but like. Using that type of like imagery and just like th- that type of trolling is different. I don't know why, but it just is. It's because you believe it. I don't even know if it's that. It's just no. It's just knowing that. I think it's knowing that there's so many other people that could see i don't that obviously see it as real i don't know it's it's almost like it's it's kind of like terrorism a little bit nah like you're you you're you're using fear yeah but like to you it's funny but it's only funny to you because you don't believe something that these other people do believe and 
not only is this something that these other people do believe in, but it's something that's like that has some horror behind it. But all of that horror is based on nothing. Yeah. I mean, we can see that. But like the idea. All right. This is why I, like, I think it's hilarious. It's because. Going back to the little Nas X thing. You have been condemning people to go to hell. In your church every fucking Sunday. Right. Since the beginning of time. And the fact that people will one day be like. I don't give a fuck. Mm. It's hilarious. For one. For two. It's just doing the same game that Christian that not all Christians, because I, I consider myself a Christian, that some fundamentalist Christians do to where they make it all about fear and fire and brimstone mm-hmm. and all of this other stuff instead of talking about having an actual relationship with God. So you're just afraid of all these things. Then you grow up semi-autobiographical. Then you grow up and you realize, oh, this shit's bullshit. And then you're just like, so what was the purpose? To scare me into believing something? So it's just trolling with that. And then plus, it's, it's real easy for in this country for us to, to act like Christianity is the default. And Christianity isn't the default. Right. It's the biggest religion here, probably. But it just assumes that, like... Because we believe in God. People just assume that other people wouldn't have a problem about uh, us praying openly at a school. So, let's just do it to where, let's not, if you could do the same thing where if you did it with Islam or any religion that people are scared of, mm-hmm. let's just do it with the devil. Because... <laughs> They don't believe in it. It's hard for people who are non-believers. I mean, it's hard for people who are believers to understand what it's like to be a non-believer. Like, so you're like, oh, y'all playing with the devil. They don't believe that this exists anyway. So it's just, it's fiction. It's characters to them. Yeah. So they're not afraid of going to hell because they don't believe hell exists. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not afraid of the devil because they don't believe the devil is real or has any power. I understand that. I just don't understand why going to this extreme, though, to. I mean, I don't I wouldn't go to that extreme. I just think that to mock this part of religion, this specific part. I think partially it's because some people have been hurt and traumatized by religion and they want to fight back in some kind of way. But I think. Also is you're taking it to the level. It's kind of hypocritical. Not even kind of hypocritical. It's hypocritical. But people do all kind of messed up stuff in the names of their religion or beliefs all the time. Hell, MAGA is based on the idea of American Christianity. Yeah. But, Yeah. That kind of stuff to me is just so frivolous and very, I don't know. It's just extreme. I also can, I did like, 
I was one of them kids to where I had tons of questions in church. And people used to tell me I was going to hell because I would ask certain questions. I had questions, but I never asked them in church. Because people told would tell you going to hell or you shouldn't ask that question. Well, I was just never that kid to want to be seen or heard for real to begin with. But. I wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, no. So, like, a kid like me can kind of be like... Like, I remember one of my Sunday school teachers was like... Of course, I was already a music head... Me and some of the other kids were talking about like Tupac or something. Tupac's in hell because he mocked God. <laughs> How the fuck do you know that shit? Right. You talk to him? <laughs> right. He, he, oh, so you talked to Satan, huh? And then it was just like shit like that. That was just like, what does all this shit mean? Yeah, I wasn't thinking of that as a kid. I mean, I had questions, but it, I would never questioning the entire religion i i just had questions more so about like why do we enforce you know dress codes quote unquote and saving sex for marriage what happens if you never get married do you just supposed to live a whole life without sex yep (laughs) and and why when why didn't y'all do that (laughs) you know uh just stuff like that but yeah It gets weird when your when your whole character is questioned, and then some people have church trauma and reenact it. Mm-hmm. I I guess to me, generally, I just don't understand using someone's irrational fears against them, or or in a way to troll them. Like to me, that's just extreme. It's just like, like to go as far as to assemble a church, quote unquote, or you know, what I'm saying just like rally, basically a cult. But they another, don't believe another it. cult. But they don't believe it. That's the difference. But do they not? If no. here they are, if if they're mocking it, they're basically doing the same thing. No, it's different from believing and mocking. It's just like when. I've been seeing lately people trolling anti-vaxxers. Like this one dude was like, "Why they put a, <laughs> why they put uh, my vaccine on a spoon and and heat it up?" And this worker was like, "Oh my god, this is why I'm not having the vaccine." And like you idiot, he's trolling. Yeah, he's they're not putting heroin in Hero- your fucking. Yeah. <laughs> but it's always going to be people that find that funny. Of course, obviously. Like, it's tons of comedians that do all these jokes. Like, I'll never forget Eddie Griffin was like, all these Christians, like, you going to hell. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it's like the, it's like the, it's like the people who like to, to get on the internet and talk about how much they hate Beyonce. It's like, why are you making a specific point to go out of your way to let us know how much you hate something else or don't believe in something else or think that other people believing in something else is crazy. But I feel like we do that in all things. It's just just differs what we choose to do that in. It's the it's the level of extremes, I think for me. Everybody is it like this is the other part of it. Everybody that posts a pentagram or 
say they're a Satanist is actually a member of the church. Some people are just trolling just for their own troll. It it doesn't go much farther than that. Mm-hmm. Some people take it to where they're registered Satanists. Mm-hmm. But it's just like people that are registered atheists or people who are I don't even realize you could register as these things. There's atheist churches. They're not churches, but they're societies to where you talk about humanity and you have a group. It's just like everything else. Mm-hmm. It's not based on a religion. It's based on just common commonality. Idea. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just we have this attachment. It took me a long time. Like I still, it's certain stuff I don't play with. Just based on how I was growing up, like I grew up, but also part of it is a rational fear of some of the things that I was taught was wrong, mm-hmm. and I still have to unlearn some of the churchiness of it. Man, it's gonna be a really weird episode. Like, so Juice is a Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't think it's gonna come out as that. Juice is a Satanist, and Kim tried to save his soul. On air. Definitely not trying to say. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand this group of people. Because I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily identify as like a churchy person anymore. So it's, it's all, it's just weird. Every, like, you realize how big the world is as you get older, mm-hmm. how little and how big the world is. For sure. And then you also realize some of the inherited things that you've learned that aren't based on anything. Like the the actual, the basis of hell and all the things that we in pop culture identify as with hell isn't based on the Bible for the most part. It's based on like Dante's Inferno. Stuff like that. But we've come to accept the idea of this, like the devil being this uh, red figure with horns. Yeah, who uh, who visualized that? A lot of it just happened over time. It's just like a to use another figure, Santa Claus. Over time, we just accepted that Santa Claus is this white dude with a red suit. I think everybody that ever envisioned any of this shit was on drugs. That's what that's that's my theory. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> They're just artists. So they were on drugs. <laughs> so you're saying they were on good drugs. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. You can find all of our links and merchandise at www.thesuburbanpodcast.com. You can also get your listens in on any of these streaming services, such as Google Play, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher subscribe episodes come out every friday bam bam bam